0: good afternoon to all of our fellow health enthusiasts my name is aubrey mast and i am a professor of nutrition this is a new podcast developed by my friend and colleague dr charles benz and we call this show healing trends with dr benz we search the internet every day to find the best scientific studies that can be used to improve the health of every interested person You will not see many of these studies in the conventional media because most doctors do not have the time or the interest in finding them. And there are also special interests that are less than enthusiastic about you knowing about the studies. Every week we will explore nutritional science that has the potential to prevent and even reverse 90% of chronic illness. This could save many lives and helps to stop the healthcare crisis that will eventually bankrupt our country. This is frequently called functional medicine and it has been adopted by thousands of doctors as well as some medical schools and hospitals, including the Cleveland clinic. Today's program is entitled the best questions to ask your doctor. Hello, Dr. Benz.
1: Hi, Aubrey. This is a loaded question. This is a loaded question (laughs) because I think that, uh, you would be tempted to say, what do you know about nutrition? <laughs> and then they would go, uh, not much. <laughs> that might be the end of the questions. I don't know. Yeah. I've, I've actually had uh, a couple of CEOs of different companies, uh, approach their uh, doctors about, um, statin drugs and they, they'd seen information on it because I was doing a workplace wellness program in these companies and they, Uh, they saw that statin drugs can be dangerous and that there's other alternatives to them. And uh, so they went to their doctors and said, so how can I get off these statin drugs? (laughs) And doctors, both of them said, well, if you want to do that, I don't want to be your doctor anymore. (laughs) And, And that was the end of it. They had to find new doctors. So you've got to be careful. Maybe it's a better idea to be a little more stealthy about these questions. And so... I developed these these ten questions. I don't know whether we'll get to all of them, but but the the the, the one that, that really uh, is is interesting from a cancer point of view because these these were questions targeted for cancer patients. It says, uh, "What caused my specific cancer?" and uh, how how will you determine uh, this? and 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 how long have I had it? and and why was it not diagnosed earlier? Those are three questions Good. in one, but yeah. people need to know this. And ninety nine percent of the time, they don't know what caused it. They'll, they'll say, "Well, I don't know. It could have been a lot of things. I guess <laughs> maybe it's just in your genes." But <laughs> and and the question about how 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 did you determine this, and how how long was this in my body? I mean, when they. When they tell women, don't start getting mammograms until you're like 40 or 50 years old, that's a losing proposition because cancer starts in your 20s most of the time, Mm -hmm. especially breast cancer in women. And so if you use thermography, you can find 200 cells that are heating up and misbehaving, and that's 8 to 10 years before you can see anything on a mammogram. So what most doctors don't realize is they're using antiquated testing information and, and techniques. And so they're stuck. They, they have to end up being in stage two or stage three cancer before they know that their cells are moving in that direction. So that that was the first one. And the second one, and I'll let you take a crack at this, do you think toxins played a role in my particular in this case, cancer, but in my disease, because it it plays a role in every disease. And so then the question might be, well, so which specific toxins uh, might have caused my problem? Because different toxins do kind of cause different illnesses at different points in your life. And, And then the third part of that number two question is, what tests would you use to determine if these toxins played a role? And so I don't think that very many doctors, except for the functional medicine or the naturopathic doctors, are able to answer any of these questions. And so what's your take on that before I even go to number three?
0: (laughs) Well, I think you're making a really important distinction between allopathic medicine and integrative medicine or functional medicine. You know, in allopathic medicine, the doctor is seen as the person that carries all the answers about whoever's body, the, the, the patient's body that they are um, sitting with or that is in for an appointment. In integrative and functional medicine, it is more of a patient-centered care. So in integrative and functional medicine, you're encouraged as the patient to ask questions of the doctor, to ask questions around, hey, how did the cancer start? What kind of toxins could I have been exposed to? How do I figure out my toxic load? How do I figure out what my mitochondria are doing? What can you tell me about that? What kind of resources are there? That's patient-centered care where you're actually supported in questioning so that you have a better understanding of your body in allopathic medicine it's very rare to find that type of support especially for being inquisitive on your diagnosis or your symptomologies you know i have lots of examples of um Helping people go into their doctor, you know, my father's a prime example of this going into his doctor and saying, Hey, I'm really concerned about the statins and being on them long term, especially because I've been looking at the research, um, you know, on liver damage and on kidney failure and on increased risk of Parkinson's and Alzheimer's disease. What can you tell me about that? And being met with, Oh, there's nothing there. Don't, you don't need to worry about that. Right, like, and so you're immediately shut down. And I think when there's this power struggle within the the setup of allopathic medicine, it's very easy to become disgruntled in your ability to ask questions about your own health and your own well being.
1: Man, oh, there you go. Uh, I said on the other, the other show that you you often give me these openings that are as big as an eighteen wheeler uh, truck. <laughs> and there's another one, and so yes, yes, and then yes again. Um, I, I I think we mentioned this in one of the previous shows where I had someone who I was coaching um, in Chicago that has cancer, and I had I had immediately in the first session recommended that the family. Get this book, um, How to Starve Cancer, and, mm-hmm. and they, they got the book, and they read it, and they were encouraged, and about three or four to five days later, they were slated to go f- for a meeting with their oncologist, their three oncologists, in a very prestigious uh, cancer uh, center in Chicago. A guy who felt very emboldened. He was, you know, he was an executive in his past, uh, in his in his working life, and his family had gone through it with him. And he he knew this was the right thing to ask, and he just said, "So, do you think nut- nutrition had anything? Can I eat anything, or can, is nutrition part of this problem?" They said, "No, you can eat anything you want." And wow. he and he said, "Really?" And he said, "What about this book?" And he pulled the book out, mm-hmm. and and said, "What about this book?" By Jane McClellan. What do you think about this book? Because Jane McClellan thinks nutrition has everything to do with it, and the lead oncologist kind of looked at him and went, "You son of a, you know what?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she her only answer was, "Oh yeah, I've, I've heard about that book. I, I've been meaning to get that book, which is, I think, a barefaced lie." Yeah. And um, and he said, "So there's nothing you can really add." No, oh, no. She said, I, "I, I think whatever you learn in the book, you should go ahead and do it." And that's that's all she could say. And wow. then the, the other two oncologists were right. Said exactly the same thing. So they knew absolutely nothing about nutrition. And I've had that with the Moffitt Center. I've had that with different big cancer centers around the country. And. And yet, there are over 200 integrative oncologists across the country, and so I immediately tell them if they come to me, get to an integrated uh, oncologist. Read this book, you know. And then there's another book from uh, Ralph Moss called "Cancer Incorporated." Oh my God, what a book! And so I think I think nutrition has everything to do with every disease. And, you know, Dale Bredesen found that out when he did his research on Alzheimer's and found that there were 38 different things that precipitated the development of Alzheimer's. And a majority of them were nutritional things. And so I, I, you know, and, and speaking of Ralph Moss, this is an interesting one. This is the fourth question in the question to oncologists. Do you think radiation... Um, Played a role in the development of my cancer, you know, like the five G uh, thing. And do you think that radiation is a good treatment uh, for all cancers? <laughs> wow, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a, that's a loaded question, because they know nothing about the impact of radiation on your cells. And we know that the research is very very strong in that area, and every. Thing that's going on now proves that radiation plays a role. So whether it's are on your computer, uh, on on your cell phone, and uh, your television, um, it doesn't matter. You have radiation all over the place in your house and in inside and outside your house as well. So radiation absolutely plays a role. And so it's 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 a game thing to say to the doctor: Is radiation a factor? And would you get radiation for all different kinds of cancer? Well, Ralph Moss says, he was interviewed, and, and, and uh, the interviewer said, would you or your family use radiation treatment for, for brain cancer? And he is, his answer was just one, never. So, and and, and, and I was fine. I, I was coaching a cancer lady for 10 years, and she was doing fine, And but she couldn't, you know, the tumors kept coming back. We, we really hadn't advanced as far as we are now at that time. This was 10 years ago. And um, she finally couldn't take it anymore, and she just said, "Okay, okay, you know, try the radiation. It's in the sort of in the intestinal area." And eventually, they destroyed her intestines with the radiation, and that's what led her to have to, you know, put a bag on her to to, to carry to to actually uh, r- relieve release her bowels. Anyway, she eventually died within a year or so, and that woman had hung on for ten years. With diet and supplements and positive thinking and doing all the, but she, you know she just got exhausted. You know she couldn't stand it anymore. She thought, well, maybe if the radiation works out, I know I'll I'll get rid of it. So you know I I feel bad, and I said to her husband just a week or so ago, I wish Anna was still alive today. I, I wish that we had the knowledge we have today uh, then, because I think that she could have lived another thirty years. And he, and he said, yeah, Charles, I think you're right. So what else can we say to doctors? What else do we need to ask uh, on almost any illness? Is there any, any other great questions that you can pose if, if you can get them to answer the first couple?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's start there. I mean, I think it's really important. You know, what is One of my biggest concerns that I work with clients is how much there is a lack of correspondence between multiple practitioners. And the reality is that most of us do have multiple practitioners. And so I think that it's really important if you're going to see your doctor of, hey, my naturopath suggested this. The herbalist suggested that. I am currently taking these supplements, or I am currently having this type of dietary um, Protocol, or I am currently on these types of herbs. What do you know about them and their contraindications with what you're suggesting to me? And the reality is that takes a lot of research on the behalf of your practitioner to really understand. You know how does cilantro extract um, interact with a blood thinner? That's going to hopefully most practitioners are gonna be like, hold on, let me actually research this, right? But I think that's a piece where it's really important, especially as we are seeing that there's trends towards prevention and more and more people are taking supplements on their own or taking herbal supplements and early herbal additives to really understand that when we're talking to practitioners, one, they don't typically have a nutritional background, especially when we start looking at how there's a lot of individuals that are supplementing with nutraceuticals herbals, um, and even phytochemical supplements. And that piece I think is really important. It can highlight the inadequacy or the lack of education in a practitioner. But to me, it also highlights the role where a practitioner can hopefully step forward and go, you know what? I don't know, I'm gonna need to look at how that lycopene interacts with, The blood pressure medication I have you on, or the type two diabetes medication, the insulin I have you on, and hopefully that's going to create a dialogue where, as a patient, you're feeling more supported in these bigger conversations about your reclaiming your overall health.
1: Yeah, I mean, wow, Um, I, I I think it's getting more complicated because we're getting more and more science on the efficacy of these herbs and and these plants and these Mm -hmm. uh, nutraceuticals. And I think this is becoming a bigger challenge than it was in the past because the science is becoming so good now. And so these conventional allopathic doctors are are gonna get more of these kinds of questions. And unfortunately, there's not enough uh, naturopaths and functional medicine doctors to go around. And so you have a lot of these uh, people that are now getting licensed in different states. And so you have a lot of virtual consultations going on now. And I think that's one of the solutions. People need to look for these kind of uh, integrative doctors that have virtual consultations. And then you can do this online and you can get this supplemental information from your doctor. And, And we did surveys. There were surveys that showed that like 70% of people aren't telling their doctor what nutrients, what nutraceuticals they're taking. 70%. And and, and some of the same surveys are saying that 70 to 80% of, of some doctors that were serving are taking nutraceuticals but aren't telling their patients they're taking them. So they take them themselves. I mean, a classic uh, case of this is the Dr. Fauci that said he, uh, in one interview he was taking vitamin C and vitamin D, and they they shut him down. I mean, they wouldn't let him ever say that again, but we have it on tape that he did say it. And so we know the immune system is a factor, and that was going to be my fifth category uh, because a lot of these things have to do with how strong your immune system is, and you know, the, the conventional doctors and pharmaceutical companies and the media, they will not discuss immunity and, and about COVID, about anything. And so if you don't know what your immune markers are, if you don't know what your absolute lymphocytes are, and if you don't know what level they need to be at where you know your white blood cells are really working, then these are the kinds of things you need to find out for yourself. This is really... In the end, Aubrey, about self-education. Yep. And you have to do your research, and you have to find out the sites that are reliable. And we think we've mentioned a bunch of them in the in the past before, uh, where they can go to Life Extension, for instance, and you can almost look up any topic on Life Extension, and then they have a couple articles. I mean, I, I remember uh, people saying that they were on different uh, blood pressure pills. And I went to Life Extension, this was years ago, and said, what's the best blood pressure medication if you had to take it? And there was a beautiful article on telmosartan and how superior it is to almost all these other blood pressure uh, medications. So if you have to take it, okay. But we also know that garlic is is a great blood pressure resolver. Some doctors use garlic alone. (laughs) in order to get the blood pressure down. Or they use garlic and with meditation, and they get the same results as medication without the problems with the kidneys and the, and, the, and the liver. So testing, I mean, I have someone right now who's getting chelation therapy with EDTA. And they did an exam and found out she was clear of all plaque except one area that is about an inch long, it, by her carotid artery, it's 90% blocked. Mm. EDTA does not work for large arteries. It works for small capillaries. And so they're using the wrong treatment. And so once she saw that, she went to them and said, you should be using hydrogen peroxide here instead of EDTA. You, you got the right person to do the exam, but you didn't have anybody look at the exam results. <laughs> because if mm-hmm. you did, you would have found out that you were using the wrong protocol, so these mis- disconnects happen all the time, and you have to just be diligent, diligent, and really say, How, "What is my what is the measure of my blood thickness?" Because I'm going to I'm taking fish oil and I'm taking vitamin E and I'm and I want to take this other thing, but I think it thins the blood, and I want to know uh, is my viscosity good? Is my thinness good? There are tests for that. And and so doctors aren't using the right tests. And you mentioned magnesium on one of the things, and they were using a regular magnesium test. And we all know that the RBC magnesium is a much better test for magnesium. So self-care, research, find out what your markers are that are important for what you're trying to resolve, and then go to your doctor and say, how about this? Shouldn't we be trying this? Medicine has to change. What 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 do you what else do you have that can help push us in this direction, Aubrey?
0: Well, I think this is something that I talk with my students about all the time and my clients about, is that we have to really do, you know, I teach a class on using food as medicine, and we look at the theoretical applications of food as medicine, but also the philosophical applications of using food as medicine. And one of the central components that I think we have to look at between relying on allopathic medicine or even integrative medicine is do we carry a belief that our bodies have the capability of healing themselves because that's central to whatever questions will come out of our practitioners or whatever questions we'll begin to ask ourselves in making lifestyle changes. And that's really, you know, a personal conversation to have with yourself of, do I believe that my body has the capability of healing myself? And if so, What stands in my way of it healing? What ways can I foster that healing? You know, uh, there's an ecological health map that was adopted by Daphne Miller um, and Dr. Daphne Miller, excuse me. And in that, she presents this theory that we have to be willing to look at all angles and all dimensions of well-being. So social, financial, spiritual, mental, emotional, nutritional, physical, and see where there are hindrances in our body's capability of returning to homeostasis or to allostasis, where our body is capable of truly healing from that cellular perspective. And I think that will quickly tell us who we need to align with when we're seeking out practitioners Because if you're with a practitioner that also doesn't believe that your body has the capability of healing itself and that it needs interventions in some manner in order to help it um, mitigate or calm down symptomologies, then that really tells you you're with somebody that does not support you reclaiming uh, your own power and your control over your well-being. And I think that's really center stage to everything else that you've already presented as being aligned with practitioners that see, you know, we see this within traditional Chinese medicine and Ayurvedic medicine and in blue zones, that medicine and interventions are used as opportunities to help the body return back to homeostasis. So they're used temporarily until the body can take over and operate from that place of health and well-being rather than used as cruxes for the rest of our life. And that's very central to the conversation that we're having.
1: You know, the thing we talked about there with statin drugs is a classic example. That's That's a drug that should be used for about three months. Uh, yeah. wh- while you make the dietary changes, while you get the herbs, while you get the other treatments that are successful, and then if you have an integrative doctor, then he's able to gradually wean you off the statin drugs and get you onto these other things, testing you all the time to make sure that, you know, the right things are happening with the, r- with the right yes. tests. And uh, there's a new doctor that I've been working with, and uh, I I think you're going to be wanting to work with him as well. Um, And he has a book out uh, called Quarterback Your Own Health,
0: Mm.
1: How to Take and Lower Your Chronic Disease Temperature. And this is Dr. Uh, Thomas Lewis. Now, he's a PhD, and the MD is Clement Trempe he's an MD. So quarterback your own health. And what he says is when he does his health risk assessment and his blood tests, he's more or less saying in, in the uh, health risk assessment, he's saying your score uh, needs to be A, B, C, D, or F, because that's what the school scores were for us, right? And so if you're an A, that means you, your questions were pretty darn mm-hmm. good. If you're B, there's still some room for improvement. If you're C, there's room for more, more than a little improvement. If you're an F, a D, or an F, there's room for a lot of improvement. And, and then he has 55 biomarkers that he gives you, uh, uh, you know, tests for blood and urine. And, and then, depending on what your score is there, he gives you a temperature. He combines the health risk assessment with the blood work, and says, now we're going to give you a temperature. And the temperature, the ideal, is 98.6. Well, if it's too low or too high, then that means your temperature is not right. And we need to optimize some things. And then he comes up with a protocol. And, and they work together to find the right thing to optimize. Mm-hmm. And so he doesn't even like the word prevention, but it's more or less what it is. He just like you to optimize your cellular health. And that's what this book's all about. And now I'm working with him. He's trying to put this into an electronic format so that we'll have another tool at our beck and call to allow people to go in and say, okay, I want to I take control of my own health. I want to be the quarterback of my own health. I'm going to read this book. I'm going to take this health risk assessment. I'm going to take this blood work. And I am going to take control. And I think, that's, I think that's what it's all about. I, I, I hope. That we can, um, you know, uh, well, maybe we'll develop a program. We deserve all the evidence about how to be healthy. Mm-hmm. And that's really what it's all about. We're not getting all the evidence. And we know now there are 40,000 clinical trials about natural medicine and how it works. And I'm willing to bet that most allopathic doctors has have not read one of them. And so... We're we're getting we're we're, we're getting uh, we're not getting the treatment that we deserve, and we need to change this sooner sooner rather than later. Because if we don't do it soon, we're going to end up with individuals being bankrupt, uh, organizations going bankrupt, and yeah. whole countries going bankrupt. And now, fifty percent of people who have to declare personal bankruptcy is because of of health problems. And it's, this is just totally unnecessary. And we're moving that way in our own country because we spend twice as much on health and get some of the worst results of any country in the world. And you know, I, I know everybody says, oh, America is great. Okay, America is a great company, but not in everything. And, and one of the things that we're the weakest in is healthcare. And I don't think we can incrementally do this quickly enough to get the kind of results we need to avoid the, the crisis that's ahead. And I think COVID just pushed us in that direction even more. Um, Great. So it's one of those things where I hope you and I get to see some of these changes that, are, that need to happen. Uh, I don't know whether we will, but I know there's a lot of people, like you said, that, that are working on this, but we need to bring them together. We need to have a collective that kind of, 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 of works, works together to try to create more energy and more enthusiasm for these evidence-based approaches and this prevention that is possible. If we don't do that, if we don't create this collaborative effort and and find a way to get all of these natural science-based things together that work and get it out there for people to understand and have access to, we're we're, we're unfortunately we're we're doomed. And so I hate to use those kind of that kind of terminology, but yeah, I think you agree with me on that.
0: <laughs> I agree. I definitely do.
1: Okay. So I, I think that uh, we, we did our best today to, to spread the word about what's possible out there. And uh, we gave, them, gave the people some resources. We gave them a, a, a book to consider. And uh, we gave them a website, lifeextension.com. Uh, and we'll give them more and other programs. And so I'd like to thank our sponsors, uh, Southern Trust Financial, that has a really really good wellness program for their clients and they're like the model they're like the best practice you know if you had to find a best practice for a financial planning company it's Southern Southern Trust Financial and they're in uh, Sarasota Florida but they can be accessed from anywhere in the country so if you wanna if you wanna have somebody working with you on your finances that knows wellness and understands it and he's personally committed Mark Wolf is personally committed to this and his family is as well And so he's a true believer in in natural medicine. Um, The other one uh, that I'd like to mention today is uh, DHA Labs. And Daniel Hansen is the leader of that organization. And they have the most progressive blood tests and urine tests and genetic tests out there. Some of them can find the illness developing five to ten years before it actually happens. These are the kind of tests we need. So... if if you're just an individual or a small organization 10 20 30 employees you need to have these kinds of assessments done, so that you can really get the evaluations you need to keep your people healthy so DHA labs uh, that's that's the place to go to find out more and the third sponsor is paddock pools and paddock pools is also very very committed to wellness with their employees their family members Everybody that they come into contact with is really, really interested in wellness and health. And they even have a piece of equipment that they've developed. Uh, It's like a vacuum extractor that takes chlorine gas off the surface of the pool. So that when you're swimming, you're getting a high level of oxygen, which is really important for you when you swim and exercise. And so 95% of it's taken away with this vacuum extractor. And that means that you're not going to get, uh, if, you, if you do have this gas, you're going to get zinc deficiencies, which leads to vitamin D, three deficiencies, which leads to cancer. So this chlorine gas is not a good thing. And so be, be careful and try to find a pool with this vacuum extractor and for paddock pools. And the fourth company is MPB Health. MPB Health is a medical cost sharing company. And they're kind of an alternative to health insurance, if you will. They provide all the doctors and and hospital services at discounted rates. They negotiate to get these rates, but they do something that other insurance companies don't do. They really concentrate on wellness. So they help their, their members to get blood tests and to know about nutrition. And they have an artificial intelligence platform they use to get a score so that they can see how much improvement there is needed in each of these people and then they give them incentives and they motivate them to try to make sure their score gets higher and better so uh mpb health there's some videos online you can find them on the internet and then you can find whether you as an individual or as a small group or even a larger group you can find out whether this is the right solution for you So thanks to our sponsors. Thanks for Aubrey. Thanks to uh, Radio MD and to Caitlin, our producer. I think it was another good show. We'll wrap it up and say thanks again to Aubrey and, and Radio MD. We'll talk to you the next time, Aubrey. All right. Bye now.